Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, sports fans? My name is Jake Azuski. You can call me Jake Iggy or Iggy for short. And this is Iggy's Sports Talk. So I really appreciate everybody tuning in to another episode of Iggy's Sports Talk. And I have a very special guest planned for you guys today. Her name is Jennifer Cobb, and she is a former St. Louis Rams cheerleader and is now the founder of Team Gateway to a Cure. And I'm going to tune in right now to Jennifer and I's conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy. So I, I wanted to I wanted to first start off. Um, I, I always ask like all my guests this because it's something where when you look back at 2020, obviously it was an unprecedented time, and it was a time where a lot of people went through hardships and some people even use the quarantine time and the off time to better themselves. Uh, and so I wanted to ask you, uh, what was your favorite moment uh, throughout 2020 that you can look back on this year and, and really say, wow, that, that was a great moment. Oh boy. I think the best moment for me is where I'm at right now. That's awesome. Add a lot of changes mm-hmm. personally. Um, and professionally with the foundation, uh, Team Gateway to a Cure. And it has uh, basically did a 360-degree exfoliation. (laughs) And it's just, um, it's incredible because it really, really tested me as a person. I don't think I've ever gotten that tested, deep tested like that. Um, and how I maintained a consistent behavior um, and really leaned on mentors and friendships to get me through it. Um, I'm not going to stand here and pretend like I am just all armor and I've figured it out. I'm human. I have emotions. I get sad. I get, you know, I cry. I get happy, excited. Um, but most of 2020 was sad. It was very sad for me. And so for me, my formula, what Jennifer's formula is, is I know what I need to do when I start to feel that way. I know kind of like if your jeans don't fit and you can't button them, you know exactly what you're supposed to do. You're not going to grab another bag of Cheetos. Oh, no. (laughs) You might grab rice cake instead. (laughs) So um, that's kind of what I did this year. Um, and coming out of all of it, I look back and I got to tell you, I, I am so thrilled that I went through and was tested to the max because life is an ebb and flow. It's a roller coaster up and downs, up and downs. And because of my nature of who Jennifer is, um, I use that to my strengths. I used to, I mean, I would give myself pep talks kind of like what I do with my friends and like Mm -hmm. I'll share with you today, the stories and how I persevered and how I got out of it. Um, You know, uh, going back to when I was on the field, um, the greatest show on turf, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Ernie Conwell, uh, Dick Vermeil, just some of the greatest and I'm on the field, the sidelines, having some of the most amazing moments of my life. But prior to that, it wasn't so great. So I was actually driving home from work 
And I heard on the radio that Mrs. Frontieri was bringing the Rams from LA to St. Louis and she was having, <clears throat> hosting open auditions. Now, going back, my upbringing was, I did some cheerleading in high school. I was a gymnast most of the years. And um, in college, I cheered all four years, football and basketball. But as you know, college cheerleading is different than professional cheerleading. Yeah. We don't do uh, toe touches and stunts and acrobatics. Mm -hmm. um, we dance and we perform and we're there to get, to engage the audience into what's going on on the field and um, to showcase uh, ourselves as ambassadors for the NFL, just like the players. Um, and Miss Frontieri actually was a Vegas showgirl. A lot of people don't know that. So she had a lot of dance training uh, in her years. And uh, her documentary movie is in post-production, I believe. So that'll be coming out uh, in the near future. But I walked in to auditions and I thought, hmm, I know I'm not going to be the strongest dancer, but if I go in there and give it my best, I'm going to have fun doing it and I might make a friend. So what the heck, I'm going to go and do it. So I walked in, I'm like, oh, there's so many pretty girls. And look at her toe toe. Look at her, her, uh, her uh, high kick and her split jump. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I mean, every one was like legs from my head all the way down to my feet. You know? How many, I'm just, how many people did you audition with? Um, I, well, there was, there was probably a, I would say a couple thousand girls that showed up and they only choose 40. So, um, they, they break you down into like groups of 10, I think 10 or 20. And then they teach you an eight count of dancing. Basically what they're trying to do is weed out the people who are clumsy and awkward and the ones that have some kind of a rhythm and then they narrowed down and they narrowed it down to the top couple hundred and then um those girls uh get um get taught a more challenging um chore choreography and uh that really weeds out a lot so then they get down to like the top 75 and then those girls are uh, basically the ones that are hardcore for the next couple of months and you you go to practice uh, three days a week and you have uh, summer training summer camp which is you know Monday through Sunday and every day it's uh, you're up at six seven and you dance all the way till six seven o'clock at night but of course you're having a great time doing it right. and you're, but what they're trying to do is they're weed out the weak from strong mm -hmm. if you get through just like the players i mean they're breaking them down <laughs> to see how you act with other players if you're coachable if you how you handle yourself what's your character like if you listen to what the coach tells you if you're a leader and so i think many people don't recognize that the selection process that the players go through is just as um, uh, intense as a, as a cheerleader. And the reason they take it so, um, uh, so serious is because you are representing them as an ambassador forever. So when you contract, um, you, 
come off the field and retire, you will forever be an alumni NFL employee representative. And mm -hmm. so they are very picky and very strict about the selection of every employee that they, they bring on, whether you're a coach, whether you're in sales, whether you're in marketing, a player, a cheerleader. I mean, it's like a company. I mean, you're looking at hiring employees and what do you have to bring to the table? And so, um, over the years that I cheered, um, I decided that it was time for me to hang up my pom-poms and move on to the next phase of life. And my father was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 1999, the same year that Michael J. Fox went public with his disease. And as I saw my father degenerate the years, I said, to I knew there had to be a way that we could bring more awareness to the disease of Parkinson's. And so I started the Soul to Soul 5K, uh, S-O-U-L-T-O-S-O-L-E, because my dad has such a sweet soul and Parkinson's affects your gait, your step. That's clever. I like that. Yeah, thanks. And so I raised quite a bit of money, uh, about 75000 for Michael as foundation. And so every year he recognizes me at the VIP awards for my effort, which is, is a great honor. And so I did this for a number of years and then I kind of got, my heart was pulling me in a different direction. So I said to the Fox Foundation, I said, you know, I, I got to do more. I, I'm, I'm feeling, you know, raising money for research is great, but I want to put more fun back into the fundraising at the same time, recognize the caregivers as an adult child, daughter that loves right. my, I see my mom caring for my dad and mm -hmm. how much she goes through. Um, you know, they don't get recognized. They, every day, they make sure their bellies are full of food. They <laughs> give them their medication, drive them to and from their doctors, and tuck them in bed, kiss them on the forehead, and do it again the next day. And exactly. do it again. Smile and never complain about it. So um, that's kind of what led me over to the Muhammad Ali Parkinson Center. And so Mohammed's legacy was to really recognize how important all of the people that are surrounding the person going through the disease, how so important emotionally, physically, um, that, that they play a role in giving hope and comfort back to the loved one that's going through the disease. Mohammed's doctor Lonnie Ali, his widow, his daughters, his sons, his cousins, you know, siblings, others are all around. around. Legacy was focusing on uh, the Legacy Care Program, which um, Bob Parson, the uh, CEO of GoDaddy, uh, donated a million dollars to the uh, Ali Foundation. And so what Ali Foundation does is they bring the telemedicine, they bring the care, they bring the financial support, they bring the meals to the home. And I, you and I and millions of others have had a little 
taste during quarantine of what the life of a caregiver it's very quiet it's very deafening lonely you know people aren't coming over and knocking on the door and here's a meal or giving you a phone call and mm-hmm. you know that's life every day they don't just get in a car and go to the grocery store they've got someone at home 24 7 that they have to take care of and so at the end of their day who's kissing them on the forehead tucking them in bed and making them a meal i mean so where's their time and you know for them and you don't hear a 5k for them you don't hear a fancy dinner auction for a caregiver but you see them standing and sitting and being right there next to the person going to going through the disease mm-hmm. and He's the, the, the person who's struggling. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's important that we rally around them and give them hope and comfort. I get that. But the insurance companies are now recognizing the caregivers as the second patient. So the Family Caregiver Act was written in to law. And so what that does is it, it gives offers financial um, assistance to the caregiver, a family member that may want to be in the home with their loved one versus putting them in a home and financial um, difficulties of having to pay for that. So this would um, give the family member, um, as they live in the home, to care for their loved one, income reimbursement that, that's incredible because i i mean like kind of like you mentioned like they don't get recognized whatsoever and it's especially like the mental sort, sort of damages or, or just the, how that could how somebody who you care about like struggling can affect your mental health is, is incredible yeah i mean just okay so um caregivers uh, there's support groups all over, and I think in Gateway to a Cure, what we want to do is we want to be a platform where people can go and get more information to support each other. You know, one of the things that my dad does when he gets done working out at the YMCA, when he did, and now he's working out at home, but he would take a shower and, you know, clean up, grab his little workout bag, and head over to the a little station for a coffee and, um, you know, uh, maybe a bowl of fruit or whatever they have there. And, and then you go sit down at the table, the round table, where all the fellas are sitting. And you know what they're talking about? They're dude talking. They're talking dude stuff. Right. And they're choking and hanging out with each other and trauma bond, you know, sharing stories with each other. and. Mm-hmm. Do the same thing. I mean, we have girl talk and dudes have dude talk, which is great. Exactly. Sharing those stories with each other, like we get each other's language. You know, we understand each other. And that helps give us hope and comfort. That gives us the freedom to say, oh, you know, I'm not the only one going through this. And so the Muhammad Ali Parkinson Center, the Legacy Care Program, is um, offering through tele, uh, iPad, through Zoom, and um, those sort of uh, platforms where caregivers can uh, log on. And they have a virtual uh, support group and and share each other's stories. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that I started working on is a book. And uh, the book is Parkinson's and Daughters, 
the stories of, of the loved ones that, um, that have cared and loved those that are going through Parkinson's, but also other brain diseases such as MS, ALS, Alzheimer's, Lewy bodies, dementia, brain tumors. So, um, I think one of the things I wanted to capture through this book is allowing others, uh, sons and daughters, uh, for instance, the Buck family. There's mm-hmm. six of them: Joe Buck, Beverly Buck, Dina, you know those, and Jack Buck passed away of Parkinson. So they are uh, writing a chapter, and what they're doing is they're sharing um, their stories uh, and what they went through and how they persevered and how they got through it. And I think we go back to helping each other and sharing our stories to give us hope and comfort, kind of like if you post something on social media and the first thing you do and when you get up in the morning, what do you do? You go to the page and you check your comments. Exactly. People are, the comments are stories. Like we oh, they and that gives us comfort and us hope, especially if your post is something that's, you know, difficult or challenging. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, I think all of us right now going through this pandemic is uh, we're all struggling to some degree. And if we can lean a little bit on each other, whether you have a disease or not, uh, whether you're struggling from depression, whether you're you're struggling with um, things that are difficult or challenging in your life, whatever it is, fill in the blank. Um, I think it's important that we are not all God's junior. We're not going to save the person going through it. We don't have it all figured out, and it's okay. Um, I sometimes have been told by many caregivers that they just want to go in there and rescue their loved one. They want to, you know do everything for them and they want to, you know, make them this and do that for them. And honestly, if you ask them what they really want to do, they just want to, you just just love them. You know, my dad, we sit down and we talk and uh, he just wants to play cards or play a game of Uno or uh, watch a movie and maybe a big bowl of popcorn and just hang out, reminisce about stories growing up and, and those sort of things. Cause that gives him a laugh and a belly giggle. You know, um, instead of talking about the medication, what have you done today? And how is this? And how's your nutrition? And did you make therapy? And did you do your exercise? I mean, <laughs> if we have to bring up one more thing about these, I think Ty is literally gonna. I mean, he's just gonna go crazy. So you know, when you do get together with your loved one, and they know what they're going through. And you are not God Jr. You're not going to go in there and save them. They don't want to be saved. You know what they want? They just want to be loved. And they just want to have that time to connect and embrace where they're at. Um, And some go faster than others. So while you do have that time, you just enjoy the time you have together. And that's the big thing. Exactly. I, I love I love the play on words that you had uh, with the book as well. I, I think it works perfectly. And I, I'm curious, how, how did you come up with the idea to have every chapter be a story? Because I, I love that idea. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, I, you know, I just each chapter will be written by a public figure, uh, someone that 
recognize because I, I honestly, they're just like you and me. And even though we have a platform bigger than us, uh, you and I, or whatever, maybe, you know, whatever their platform is, they've been given that to stand on it and to help all those that are going through the exact same thing. And I think for me, um, when I speak at caregiver conferences, one of the big questions that people will ask is, you know, Jen, how do I let go of emotional trauma from the past, for instance? Why, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a father. I'm trying to grow my company, and I'm caring for my kids, and I got to put food on the table, and I got bills to pay. And now, you know, my dad is sick, and he expects me to change my life and go and care for him. Well, where was he when I was going through Little League practices? He never showed up to any of my games, and now I'm supposed to stop my life and take care of him. Well, you know, that's, that's bullshit. No way. I'm not doing that. Why should I take care of my mom? She never showed up for any of my ballet recitals. And now she wants me to stop being a mom to my kids and I got to change my life to help accommodate her. So, so how do you let, yeah, I mean, how do you let go of that emotional trauma from the mm -hmm. past and meet the person where they're at? Because that person is not the same they were at 20 raising you. They're not, they're changed. They've exactly. gone through their life and now they're sick and you know they're sick emotionally weak and they are uh, vulnerable mm -hmm. I think if you can take a moment and realize that and give yourself a little space to have some gratitude um, on what you where you are at as a healthy person not going through the battle that they're going through and understand that I think we can all take a step and move in that right direction. I completely agree. It's, it's funny that you said that because my, my dad always corrects me anytime I go, oh, I have to do something. He's like, no, you get to do something because listen, you didn't have to wake up this morning and you should be grateful that you woke up this morning and you get to do that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Every day I get up, I think, you know, it's another day that I can do something to impact somebody else for the best. And some days may come and that night may not happen. And that's okay. But um, I am grateful for the times that I have that opportunity. Absolutely. And I, I, think, I think it's incredible. It's sort of something that you're giving to people through this book. Uh, mainly, mainly because uh, obviously just the fear of the unknown. And with these sort of stories, I feel like people can take obviously what already has happened in other people's lives and take it into consideration into their own lives and sort of, it, it doesn't fully erase the unknown, but it gives them sort of a sense of how other people were, over, were able to overcome those challenges. Yeah, absolutely. we're going through, for you and I and our probably the biggest epidemic, medical epidemic with COVID. 20 years ago, it was AIDS, HIV. And Dr. Jerry Medoff, who is a, one of the leading neuro, um, neurologist, uh, infectious disease doctor, he's the best. And he was here at Washington University in St. Louis. He became world famous when he invented the 21 pill cocktail for HIV, which saved their life. 20 years later, 
if you develop the, the if you get the, the virus HIV, you take one pill and live a normal life. So as you can see, the trajectory of that medical epidemic back then to where it is today, where will Parkinson's be in the next 20 years? Okay. Unfortunately, Dr. Jerry Medoff developed Parkinson's mm -hmm. and today is taking 21 pills. So on the, I'm working with um, a production company and we have a documentary film. I'm co-producing it and it's called A Race for Another Day. And it highlights the story of Dr. Jerry Medoff and what he did for AIDS and important another day in the life of someone going through Parkinson's and that's the caregiver, how important that caregiver support is. So a race for the another day unravels our medical mystery of our time and where that will be in 20 years like HIV did 20 years ago. So the cool thing that I'll share with you is now we have a pill that actually reverses the damage that Parkinson's has done to the brain. So as you can see, the unveiling of every year, what we are going to get from the medical research that I firmly believe that by the time my dad passes, that we will have a huge medical breakthrough. I pray to God. I mean, it, it's something where when I actually watched the uh, trailer uh, for, for that documentary and right when they showed uh, sort of or when they just said in the documentary that I could uh, sort of re um, retract any any of the damages to the brain. I just got goosebumps. I'm like, technology nowadays is incredible. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Perlmutter, who's uh, just an amazing, amazing scientist. And he travels the world, and um, he has been so incredible to find some of these answers and to be a part of not just my dad's life, but to be a part of the movie and to recognize my father, um, but also to be uh, involved in this medical mystery of our time, the way HIV was um, 20 years ago. Exactly. And, and, and he said it perfectly in the trailer. And for anybody who isn't listening, uh, go over to Team Gateway to a cure and look, uh, watch that trailer because it's, it's honestly incredible. And he's, he said it perfectly in the end of the trailer. You know, uh, Dr. Medoff said, uh, don't take it personally. And he's like, no, everything's personal. And, and, and it's incredible to see sort of like, I'm really excited to see the documentary once it comes out, just to, just to see the whole story of it. Yeah, me too. I'm very excited. Um, unfortunately, Dr. Jerry Madoff passed away in January. He lost his battle to Parkinson's. And um, as well as him and many others that have lost their life. Um, and if anyone would like to, um, um, in honor or in memory, to make a donation, you can go to the website and uh, if you do make a donation, your your loved one's name will be credited on the um, the end of the film, and we'll highlight their names. Oh, that's really, I like that. that. That's that's a really cool sort of uh, obviously incentive and, and just just something where like especially at the end of it, uh, I, I think a lot of people uh, find it very rewarding. Um, and and I was just curious, um, sort of just 
the main idea of the documentary is obviously to, to focus on the caregiver and, and sort of the incredible work uh, throughout the years of being able to come up with a Parkinson's uh, sort of medicine. But I, I was curious sort of specifically in the documentary, um, what sort of things do you guys depict uh, to be able to sort of focus on that caregiver? Yeah, so many of the things that the caregivers are battling um, is, like I said earlier, trying to figure it all out. And they don't have emotionally exhausted because um, day to day, it's kind of like you work in 12 hours a day and you never get a break, ever. And so um, they're emotionally exhausted. They have depression. They have restless sleep. They don't sleep. They don't eat well. Um, they're, um, a lot of anxiety can go into that too. And oftentimes these caregivers do not have the support for them that they need. And uh, it's very, very unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, you you brought you brought up uh, one of the diseases earlier, and and I, I can um, relate to you on a personal level with this. Uh, my, my mom actually has uh, multiple sclerosis, uh, and she's been dealing with it uh, for around over over ten years. Um, and so, it's especially for somebody like myself uh, who's up in college and, and really can't be clo close to her to be able to take care of her, um, it's something where. I'm obviously forever grateful for her fiance who's there to take care of her. But um, obviously it's, it's incredible to see when, when that does happen to somebody, everybody around them coming together and just doing anything they can to you know, make them as comfortable as possible. Absolutely. You know, um, MS um, is um, a disease that Richard Pryor passed away, greatest comedian of all time. And uh, his son, Richard Pryor Jr., is a dear friend of mine, and he is writing a chapter in the book of the experiences that he went through caring for his dad while his dad went through MS. And he's going to show through the eyes of what he has experienced to others that they will hopefully get uh, comfort through the storytelling you know, sharing each other's stories because uh, I think it's really important that everybody understands that we don't have it all figured out and we don't need to pretend like we do. Um, and it's okay. But what it is, we don't typically reach out because we were this big, huge coat of armor and it's called ego. And the ego gets in the way of breaking your emotions down and just calling out and say, you know what? I, I can't do it. Like, I'm done. I hit my max. I'm going to lose it. Somebody's, I'm in trouble. Somebody's got to step up here. I'm in trouble. No, they typically don't. They'll don't they don't do that because the ego's involved. So then they turn to food for comfort or an addiction or bad behavior or something else. And the next thing you know, it, it's just a spiral down and out of control. And so um, you have to really figure out what your formula is. And when you hear that part of it, oh, okay, I'm in trouble. I woke up this morning, it hit me. I'm depressed. I 
anxiety. I'm sad. I'm, I'm losing it. I don't have any time for myself. Any self-care as a caregiver? Who's taking care of me? Um, so it's, uh, it's important to reach out and look at your, you know, who's your mentors? Who's your friend? Reach out to them. Let them know. Have an adult conversation, you know? Yeah. Even uh, your siblings or other people in the family. And, and it doesn't have to be a lot. Maybe it gives you a break from, you know, a couple of meals a week. There's a thing called Uber Eats. I'll call in Uber. I'll bring over a meal. <laughs> you don't have to cook. Right. Uh, I will come over and clean the house. I will come over and laundry. We don't have to have a conversation. If you don't get along with each other, actually, I will come over, stay with whoever is loved one. You leave the house, and I will clean, cook, do whatever. And so there's always a way to manage it. You know, somebody lives so far away. Well, then you call in a food and have it delivered. Um, you know, well, don't we can't visit. Well, there's a thing called um, FaceTime. Uh, Zoom. Exactly. Thank you for technology because you and I are talking. Woohoo! And how many people are we reaching through this media? Um, maybe you don't want to Zoom. Maybe you don't want to talk. Well, then grandkids. Maybe you write a letter, email. Have the grandkids draw a picture, text it, send it, just thinking about you. I don't know. I mean, there's always a way that you can reach out, even if you are still stuck, and even if you haven't come to uh, face your ego and let that go. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. And it's incredible how COVID has really sort of brought up these tech, technical uh, sort of systems that we can use, sort of, sort of like we're using right now with Zoom uh, to be able to communicate. Uh, and that, that, that brings up another question I was curious about, um, especially with how COVID has affected uh, the organization being able to put on events or being able to do in-person uh, sort of things to help out the community. I was curious how you've been able to utilize sort of like Zoom and other sort of um, technology systems to be able to help you still uh, help people like over over technology. Sure. Our website is getting redone and we're going to launch it the first of the year. And we're going to have uh, monthly videos that we're going to put in um, and talk to other caregivers that are going through their trying times. And so that will be a benefit um, uh, to the caregivers to go to the website and listen to the videos and um, have Q&A sessions, which is helpful. Um, the other thing is uh, I have a friend of mine um, who is a Broadway music director. And of course, you know, Broadway's closed. <laughs> and so there's a piano lounge here uh, in St. Louis called the Blue Strawberry. But then there's also a, a bigger, larger one called the chapel in Clayton, I believe. It's actually a church that they turned into this piano lounge. And I think it holds about, you know, three, 400 people. Well, they are um, right now in um, production to, uh, they're writing a uh, musical. Um, uh, it's a kind of a skit singing and um, maybe a little bit of dancing sort of thing uh, that's going to happen in the springtime. 
and Richard Pryor Jr. will be involved with that, which will be fun. Uh, Beverly Brennan, who's uh, the oldest of the Buck family, she's an amazing singer and has done musicals and very involved in Muni, and, uh, but she's going to be, she's writing it and she's involved in it. But that uh, will benefit Team Gateway to a Cure. They just recently had a small event for the foundation and it was amazing. It was a sold out event. And um, I was honored that this Rick Jensen from New York came in just for the foundation to put on this amazing concert, um, all to benefit Team Gateway to a Cure. And so, which is great, it gets people talking. You know, we all talk more about supporting each other. And if you're not a caregiver and you're a friend, or if you're not a friend and you're um, a neighbor, or if you're not a neighbor, you're a loved one with, you know, siblings or cousins, we're all going through something. So it's important that we come together and understand that. Absolutely. And it's, it's incredible how you've been able to utilize sort of, like I said, like the technology systems that COVID has really shown us. And I think it's a great idea, especially with like the videos on the website, because it'll give people a resource anytime that they're sort of nervous about their situation or they need help uh, just to be able to go right to the website and, and watch your insight. Yep, absolutely. And so I was just curious, the last question I had was, uh, it, other than the new website and, and the exciting things that you're, that you're doing uh, with, with the Broadway, um, is there any other events in 2021 or any, anything else um, that the listeners can look forward to uh, in 2021 in terms of Team Gateway to Occur? I'm waiting for the sports to see what's gonna happen with that. The Cardinals game um, for Team Gateway. Uh, it was Back to the Future night. So percentage of ticket sales went back to the foundation, which was amazing. Um, fortunately, we don't have baseball. So strikeout Parkinson's was kind of the thing that I wanted to do with. I wanted to have that in every venue of baseball. Strikeout Parkinson's. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hanging out of string just like everyone else. Uh, so... Mostly what we're going to do now, just because it's a for sure thing, is the interviews in the support group. We're going to have that, you know, on the on the website. It'll be fun to, you know, find out who Jen's interviewing this month, you know, and I just, it'll be good. It'll be fun and it'll be inspiring and it'll be educational and just really focusing on getting the book done. That's awesome. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Um, I'm super excited for all this sort of stuff to come out. And I, I, f I feel like everybody is sort of, like you said, in a very similar position in terms of 2021 of just waiting and hoping that everything gets back to normal as soon as possible. I know. What is normal? I like, what is normal anymore? I don't, I don't know. know. Oh my goodness. No, but I do, I do want to go back and circle back uh, to the very, very beginning of what you asked me. What is the best thing in 2020 that I've experienced? And for me, it's what I'm going through right now, where I'm at in my life, and who is around me. It's incredible. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I came from so much heartbreak, change, and devastation, and trauma. And to come out of that 
and have myself in such a happy place <laughs> is just amazing. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm glowing. <laughs> I can yeah. I can see it, and, and and it's amazing. I mean, when when you just said that, I I just got goosebumps, and you just lifted my spirits more, and you put a big smile on my face, and I mean, it's it's something where like. Any, anything throughout this year, I've just tried to keep the same motto of everything happens for a reason. Try not to overthink it. It's all part of the journey. Yes, it is. It's all part of the journey. I got to tell you, my journey yeah. is so good right now. <laughs> I'm loving it. It's great. That's awesome. Well, yeah. well I, hope, I hope your journey keeps on getting better throughout 2021 and more success keeps on coming not only to yourself, but to the organization. And for everybody that's listening right now, Go over right now, open a browser, and type in Team uh, Gateway to a Cure and find any way that you can to help. Yeah, and I also, just to finish and end, um, to conclude with a happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, all your loved ones. Um, may you all have a blessed and joyful, whether it's Thanksgiving Zoom dinner or you're with your loved ones. So happy Thanksgiving and enjoy each other. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.